So I've got down here, kick out the arse. Um, what's that? <laughs> what's that about then? That's literally all I've got. A kick out the arse. <laughs> now this was I was at a, a at a, an event, shall we say? Not to be too specific. About a week ago now, this guy sat in the corner, quiet guy. Never met him before, and this conversational opener to me was. You're from Leeds, aren't you? Was this a thing in your area um, that people did at school? And basically, he said that where he came from, it was um, a thing uh, in this area for people at school to shove chocolate bars up their arseholes, shall we say? For one of the terms. <laughs> shall bleep, we? Bleep that out. That's, that's bleep the that medical, out. <laughs> the medical term there. I tried, <laughs> I, tried, I tried to sanitize my language in the best thing I could put with this arsehole. I could think of worse though. Rectum. There we go. Uh, right makes it sound too medical though, isn't it? Well, um, more points. And basically, <laughs> basically in the area where he came from, it was a thing at different schools for people to do that. So his his school, um, I think he said that they had a girl shove a Kit Kat chunky up there, and at a school down the road they had somebody shove a Twix up there. So I naturally replied. Was it one finger or two fingers? Because <laughs> anybody, as anybody would know, I think two fingers is much more impressive than one finger. It is. Um, but this was a thing at, at schools in that area where they would try and one up each other in the chocolate bars that they would shove up there. Wrapper on, wrapper off. The question I asked, wrapper on, it was wrapper on. Wrapper on. Oh, bit sharp with those Must edges. Hurt. Why were they doing this then? Was it just for fun or storage or what? Was it to hide just, it from the parents? It's one of those things that you look back at. School doesn't make sense. Inherently doesn't make sense. There are things that happen at school that just happen and they just don't make sense in anywhere but that setting. The only other explanation I could have for it is they were smuggling contraband in to sell. I mean, you're telling me you never <laughs> you never shoved a couple of Lucasade bottles up there to uh, <laughs> sell on the top the top field at school at lunchtime, just so you could just excrete them out and just sell yeah. them on for a, a hefty profit. You're telling I'm me you sure never that, that. that would appeal to the buyers, wouldn't it? One minute, just going to get it out. <laughs> oh, that's it. Oh, it's a squeeze is that one. Two Lisa. <laughs> it's going to cost you extra. It's going to cost you extra. <laughs> But yeah, Kit Kat Chunky Twix. I take it to the next level, though. I get a bounty up there. Wow, a bounty. You're the um, only person to go near bounties, surely. Are you into bounties? Well, even after that. Yeah, I love, love a bounty. But it's my favourite chocolate in the celebrations, Tim. Oh. Um, but I'm not, you, I'm not, not I'm not talking about, not talking about shoving those up there, though, because that's, that's child's play. I yeah. think to impress somebody, you've got to shove a, a full-size bounty up there. Because they're wow. quite chunky. They're quite hefty. And also, delicious taste. Exactly. Provided you keep the keep keep the wrapper on, keep the wrapper <laughs> on, please. I'd be worried it would melt up there. <laughs> well, even more, even more reason to keep the wrapper on though as well. I think you've got to be clean though. You've got to be clean. To, That's a good uh, point, actually. For for um, you, that might actually not be you know that bad. You know, if it is getting you know a good <laughs> clean. Because I'm a hygienic person, yeah. obviously. Clean um, all areas. You don't want to get more than you bargain for. I just want chocolate only in, in my mouth. Please, have I told you about the time I had a clean up up there? No, I, I have to. I presume it was a medical procedure. It was a medical um, procedure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I go for that as opposed yeah. to just something you do when you're in the shower or whatever. Just pre- yeah. preparation. Preparation. Nah, just, just had an enema. <laughs> Why any? What's that? Like? Well, I was, uh, it was around the time, it's like 2012, 2013, when I had something called chronic fatigue, which basically meant I didn't have much energy. I was like zapped of energy, which meant that I so wasn't. So they, they inserted it into you through your uh, rectum then? No, no. <laughs> I've heard well, of um, yeah, I've heard of shove a rocket, <laughs> shove a rocket up someone's ass. I've heard of, not not literally, not literally. <laughs> no, basically, I obviously that meant I wasn't moving around as much. I was quite 
I just basically sat around not doing a lot. And that basically made me constipated and created pains. In fact, I remember the doctor saying, I, I had that many scans. I remember the doctor saying to me, that is the most clogged up I've ever seen anyone. So like, you, are, oh, you are clogged oh, up, son. We've got a Twix up there. We've got a Mars bar, a Milky Way up there. What <laughs> a bouncy. A bouncy. <laughs> How much profit are you making at school? <laughs> He's a seller. Watch out. Watch out. But no, um, so I had to have an enema. I had to have um, that old that old chestnut. So, um, you know, again, mm. I don't know what they do, actually. Just some liquid. I don't know what liquid. Shoot it up. Up oh. the old uh, buttocks. Well, I don't know where you're going. Oh, it's this not is bad. not sort of like... It's not bad, actually. It's, it's, yeah. it's pretty normal. It's pretty normal, normal actually. Normal for you. Normal for you. Yeah. But, um, you know, just have it shot up there. You've got to hold it in for like 30 minutes or something, or as long as you can. And because the, the liquid's cold, you feel it like zigzagging <laughs> up your Ooh. stomach. You know how when you have a cold drink, you feel it go down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that, but you sort of feel it in your, I assume, bowels. Right, I don't know. Uh, quite so you nice. just hold it in and then pff, lift off. You have to get rid of the liquid yourself. So it's, it's inserted up there and then you have to just, what do you do? Do you clench and then get it? Well, yeah, so out. all the liquid comes out with everything else, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, it sounds... it's it's almost like urinating out of the arse, in a way, is what it feels like. It's a strange sensation, not something I've done ever, ever you can, since well, you then. Don't need to, you don't need to go to a hospital to do that, though. It's a standard um, shower time activity, I think. I don't want our, what? our, tax, our, taxpayer, our taxpayer's money is going towards you getting an enema. All you What's need is a douche. That? DIY, do it at home. Go on then, advise people how you do it. Because I, <laughs> I can things. honestly not imagine ever doing that myself. I don't know how you do it. Do you buy these things or what? Is it on Amazon? Yeah, yeah or... you, can get them, you can get them online. I'm sure you can get them on uh, on Amazon. Can you? You can get anything on Amazon. It's just this thing that you put water in, squeeze, it goes up there, bam. And you do it the same as... Uh, as uh, what you had, I think it so, was a syringe type thing. Oh no, you'd have to go. I don't know how to explain the shape of a douche, and I'm sure they do um, <laughs> different different shapes. But it's the same principle. You squeeze that up and then get rid of it. Exactly the same principle, except taxpayers' money is funding yours when really you should be doing it. You should be doing it at home. You wasted your time. A thirteen year olds not doing that, are they? I mean, mine was severe. Um, mine's a little I've clean heard... now. It's not mine's not spring cleaning. I mean, it was uh, like right, we're gonna have to sort <laughs> this out. Taxpayer money, come but, on. If if a doctor is saying that you're the most clogged person he's uh, he's ever seen, then uh, maybe she. there is a case. But maybe she. Sorry to come be, on. Sorry to be heteronormative. So she was up there then, was she? Yeah. Well, she was delving in all sorts of places. To be honest, <laughs> it was like, well, I had a little gown on or something. I can't can't, can't remember. But I had a little gown. Uh, it's like, you know, lie in the bed, knees up. Let's see it. Do you know I mean that kind of thing? Have you heard of that that medical procedure that involves a doctor shoving a camera down your um your cock? What for fun or what? Why? I, th I think it's to try and see into um, your bladder from, from what I know from my scientific, not very limited oh. scientific knowledge. That must hurt. I'd struggle with that, to be honest with you. If we're talking about chocolate bars around the other end, a camera down there. I know. Whenever anyone says they've had anything down there, like whether it's like an injection in that area or, you know, like a camera or whatever, I'm like, oh, God, that makes me feel a bit sick. Think, because I just think it, it's obviously everything's very delicate down there. And I think you don't be messing around with that. I had a friend, I say a friend, somebody I knew last year who um, got a penis pump. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. I don't know how this works. I only heard about oh, this. Oh, yeah, sure. Was, You've not was, experimented with he it. Was, yeah. <laughs> I don't need it. Uh, he was living, <laughs> he was living, with, living in, the, in the same flat as a couple of my friends. 
and he, I don't know whether accidentally or intentionally, he's a very weird guy, left the box on the table and it was a penis pump. I don't know <laughs> how you... Secret Santa um, present. I don't know. I don't know how you um, how you use it. All I know is what it was used for. Is obviously somebody's feeling a bit insecure about the size of their manhood, and uh, wanted to pump it up. I can't think of it as being very uh, effective, though. But he was known to dabble in uh, in sex toys and, and the like as well. Was he? I, I um, just think it was like a, a balloon pump, just for your, you know, your chap. Yeah, like one of those pumps you get for a football where you just sat there going. Yeah. <laughs> but for your. Um, for your, for your four-inch wonder. Um, I just don't get why you'd ever <laughs> why you'd ever do that though. Like even if you were a little bit insecure, just own it. Yeah. Just own it. Do you know what I mean? It's not a big love deal. me or leave well, me. Literally, my... it's not a big deal. <laughs> That's part of the problem. If you can't love me despite my tiny penis, then is, can you really love me at all? Do you know have you said I mean? that to people um, before? Um, no, it's, no, it's not something that actually rolls off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> It's not something that actually uh, rolls off the tongue for me, but I think that's absolutely bizarre. Um, the idea of a of a pump for that, because it's just not it's not going to work, is it? It does seem unusual, doesn't it? I mean, you wouldn't ever dabble in anything like that then, so to sort of enhance the experience for you or your partner. Would that enhance the uh, experience? I, I think that's more of a that's more of a vanity thing. I think. Do you I think? think it's him probably him probably looking at himself and going, you know what, could probably be be doing a bit better down there. Probably doesn't care about the experience for the the other person. But how's that any um, different to a hair transplant, for example? Or you know, let's let's have the old uh, you know hairline tweaked or something. The hair. <laughs> I think a hair transplant's actually proven to work first and foremost. But like you said, when anybody's discussing anything going on down there, I t- I tense up a bit. I'm sorry, where do you tense up? Just to be clear. There. Just down there, just down What's in that tensing? area. Oh. Um, <laughs> just, I'm kind of clenching myself, kind of clenching myself, right. a bit like you were when you were when you were constipated mm. uh, and shitting out Mars bars wow. um, in one way or another. Um, but I tense up down. It's just you don't want that sort of stuff going on down there, do you? I mean, piercings down. There. Every time I go to the piercing shop, go to the piercing shop in in Tap, and they've got this massive list of the piercings you can get and the price for them. So it's like lobes, like five pound per lobe or whatever. Is it like a catalogue, like an Argos catalogue? Basically, yeah, and it's got there's it's, there's a list on there of body parts or names of piercings and a price, and then a diagram of what's being pierced, shall we say? Ooh. And I would say this list it's about it's about it's about the length of an A4 page, laminated as well, no expense spared. And I would say about half of them are like explicit piercings or piercings in in delicate areas. I could never get a pierce. I mean, I'm not, and you're you're not a woman either. No, why would you ever get your Why would you ever get your clitoris pierced? I thought the thing was that nobody could ever find it. Maybe that's why you get it pierced. <laughs> X marks the spot. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's got that massive diamond on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I well this well I, this is what I think about nipple piercings as well because obviously it's an erogenous zone as I think we've discussed before. So if you get that pierced. Isn't that, aren't you always going to be horny if you have a nipple piercing? That's what I, I wouldn't. I think it would do I, the opposite. I, don't have them I think it would have the, I think it would desensitise it so that you wouldn't be able to feel such, um, like, such a, a good feeling through that area of the body. I think it desensitises it, which is why I think it would be a strange thing to do because then it would make that, those experiences not as good, surely. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if you're always on that level, you're not going to feel it when somebody maybe bites it. Because it's as already, an, yeah, it's always, always been just to, you could do, I'm sure there's other things you could do to it as well. Yeah. Nipple twists, <laughs> nipple clamps, like we were talking about last week. But to be fair though, my friend had a, a biology teacher who appeared on um, Naked Attraction. And oh, I remember about, seeing this. He was about 60. Is that being, it's being 60, it's him being 60, a bit kind, maybe 65, pushing 70, maybe. Also, who knows? A bit eccentric, tattoos and, 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 and the like. I think he was, he was gay as well. 
and um, it's quite a notorious episode because he's on there. And I think there's a bisexual guy choosing in a kilt, as you do. It's naked attraction, baby. You've got naked people in coloured boxes. I mean, can't get any more wacky than that. And my friend's biology teacher was on there, this 65-year-old guy. And he had what, what do they call it? Like a Prince Prince Albert piercing? Yeah. A piercing on the tip of your um, private part, shall we say. Um <laughs> As if it's not shocking enough to see your biology teacher on naked. I mean, think about your biology teacher and think about them being on naked attraction. Not right. Mm, now picture them depends. with a picture them with picture them, <laughs> picture them with a <laughs> with a piercing on their uh, the end of their genitals. It's just not. It's just not a thing, is it? It's not a thing that Wouldn't anybody wants thing. to see. No. And I mean, the issue with that is he's in the opening credits of every show. So every time <laughs> she watches Naked Attraction, she has to see her old biology teacher's shriveled, wrinkly old. Oh, nice reminder um, for her. Oh, it's him. It's Frank. He's, he's teaching in a school, and he's got did a bit of digging. He's got an alter ego with like a porn star name that has like an Instagram account and an OnlyFans and things like that. While he's teaching in a school, and there's pictures of him on this Instagram account wearing like bondage materials and things. Wait, like he's that. still teaching. I think so yeah he's got like a twitter account where he details these meetups with people that he's had or whatever i mean i don't think he's living a very fulfilled life imagine being 65 and still you know dossing around in car parks or whatever waiting for a somebody you've never met to turn up an ikea wardrobe or whatever whatever wherever people have sex these days i don't know <laughs> It's a bit too personal, that one. Yeah, um, no, I've got something you want to open up and share with us. There's no no elaboration um, to be made on that. I think read into it what you will. That was the first thing that came to mind. Mm-hmm. Just know that I'm banned from most IKEA stores in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you wouldn't ever get any of those areas pierced? Because you, I mean, you, you've got a few piercings. I mean, you probably I've maybe heard you want to add to the collection. Is that right or not? Yeah. So I've got, I've got both both lobes done and the nose done. And potentially I want the helix doing that's on the top of the ear. Oh, yeah. um, but when it comes to anything else, I'm not interested. Nipples and, and, and maybe it's because people can't see them. Oh yeah, you just want, really you want everyone to them. see them. That's uh, what it is. Maybe it's maybe it's just for the aesthetic, or maybe it's because I'm not a weirdo who can get off on having that. I mean, what what is that adding to the to the style? You know, have you ever seen one in person? Like, have you ever with anyone that you've no. been? seeing no 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 never never, never? uh what about you have you so been any no not even but like I a think... tongue piercing on a on no a... i don't think i could i just on a... something about right. that no and um, we, we have got a very sidetrack from kick out the arse haven't we we were going to talk about <laughs> holidays in this episode um i do just want to quickly say if you are new to the channel haven't subscribed yet click the subscribe button hit the like button help us out we're trying to get to 250 subs if you're going to be part of the 250 fraternity do go hit that subscribe button, okay? So we are going to talk about holidays um, this week, aren't we? Uh, you got any particular stories that sort of stand out from your holidays? Yeah, to be fair, there's a, there's a couple. I mean, it's not a family holiday, is it, unless it's uh, eventful. There's a time on the way back from Greece once where my dad single-handedly delayed a plane for an hour, which was How shocking. So basically, you're on the plane, and for some reason, we're all sat apart, and we get on the plane, and you're putting your hand luggage in the, the baggage hold above the seat or whatever. And then they always remind you before taking off, Make sure you've got your passports because you'll need them at customs when you land back in the UK. Okay, fair enough. We've all flown on a plane before. You know, none of us are idiots. We know mm. the score, yeah? So my dad does one last check with the, to see if the passports are in the, the baggage hold. And he checks the baggage hold. And I can see he's flapping. He's a bit of a flapper. You'd never believe he was in the army. He's flapping around, you know, this bag. Thinking, they're not in there. And he's shouting my mum, who's at the other end of the plane. 
Joe, Joe, <laughs> got the passports, got the passports. And everybody's looking around, they're going, what's this guy shouting for? What's going on here in this commotion? Got a bomb? What do we just got a bomb? Yeah, <laughs> she's like, no, you've got the passports. And she's not letting him shift the blame. Actually, she shouldn't. You know, strong independent woman. She's not she's not letting him shift the blame for the passports. You had the passports. So as this domestic is bubbling from either end of the plane, and there's about 150 people in between going, What is going on here? You're stuck in the middle. Essentially, the long and short of it is he's lost the passports. So what he has to do is gets the, the air hostess over who gets onto ground control through the pilot. Get the pilot to um, communicate to ground control that we need somebody to take my dad from the plane back to the terminal so he can retrace his steps through duty free. They put him in one of those little, um, those tiny things. It's like a, like a car that carries the bags. Mm-hmm. Gets in one of those with a guy in high vis, goes back to the terminal, retraces the steps, comes back to the plane. By this point, everybody on the plane knows what's going on. And because he's had to get up and get off the plane and then come back onto the plane, everybody knows who's culpable. And by this point, We've missed the slot for taking off. So he gets back on the plane. We all turn around. And <laughs> the pilot announces over the um, tannoy, the plane's going to be delayed for an hour because we've missed the slot because a passenger has lost his passport. At this point, my dad's walking back to his seat. So he's the only one stood up. Perfect and everybody, start, everybody started booing. <laughs> <laughs> And he got back, he got back from the terminal. Passports nowhere to be seen. Oh, we can't no. take we can't take off until we've got these passports. The cabin crew, I must stress, have also looked in the, the baggage hold. Not there. And basically, the long and short of it was the passports all along were in the baggage hold above where my dad was sat. And oh, when he checked, no. where my mum had checked, and where the air hostesses had checked. The issue was they'd be there was like a little piece of cardboard or something in the baggage hold, and the passports had obviously fallen out of the pocket of the bag and slid under the cardboard. But nobody, <laughs> not my dad, not my mum, not the four cabin crew that checked, had uh, opted to lift up this piece of cardboard to see that underneath it there were like four passports sat there oh, or whatever. God. And we had to sit stationary on this. <laughs> on the runway by the side of the runway I'd sit stationary for about an hour while we waited for a slot to open up so we could take off we had the person next to me because I wasn't sat with my family obviously the person next to me had to rearrange the taxi that they booked at home because obviously they'd booked a taxi for a certain time yeah we weren't going to arrive back for that certain time so I had to rebook my fucking taxi that's cost me 50 quid or whatever blah, blah blah he was getting booed it was all kicking off it was uh so at what point did he go oh by the way guys yeah so I just wasted an hour because <laughs> they're actually under a bit of cardboard there did that the pilot, the pilot was having none of it because obviously my, I think it was my dad that found them in the end. So to his credit, to be fair, in the end he got them. Too little, too late. Just now I like. He informs, he informs the air hostess, who informs the pilot because obviously the pilot is the one that negotiates the new time for takeoff. The pilot was having none of this throughout it. It's absolutely stitched up, my dad. So he goes, oh, by the way, update. We've now been cleared for takeoff in 20 minutes or whatever. The passports were in the baggage hold all along. <laughs> yeah, she says that. Doesn't need to say. But it does. No holding. Just to let no holding know. back. No holding back. Um, and I think I think that I think that prompted another chorus of boos as well from them. <laughs> and then and then the best part was the sarcastic round of applause as well. <laughs> People started clapping. People started clapping. I'd erase that from my memory because it was so embarrassing. But yeah, that was uh, that was about four years ago now. That must have been excruciating that. For me, yeah. For my dad, probably a hundred times more. <laughs> Getting booed in front of everyone. <laughs> hey, you got the round of applause. <laughs> one you Get him off the plane. And we got back got through customs 
got us the house, obviously, and we actually lost the passports in the house, and they've never turned up since. What? So the, the passports got lost. in passports? These, these like phantom that. passports. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. So it was the same holiday as well. We had to deal with a, a psycho hotel manager, which is a whole whole other story in the sense that basically we put this hotel on this Greek island, and before going, you thought, you know, the first thing you do before booking a hotel is you check the TripAdvisor. And basically it transpired that there was a running theme throughout these hotel reviews was that the hotel's lovely prime location good facilities nice pool the only issue was was that the manager was a bit of a psychopath with a short temper and there's one particular review that left a, a kind of a lasting impression and it was basically um this old couple had gone to stay in greece at this hotel in like october so it's a bit bit cold they've put the heater on which is fair enough, there's a heater there, they put it on. But the issue was this heater that they put on, full blast, was under some kind of like wooden table or something. Like they put it there, didn't make any sense. And basically what would happen is they'd burn the table. So they'd put on this uh, this review where they were like, it was all perfect. The manager was a bit, bit erratic or whatever. And how, what transpired was he'd realised after they'd left the, the uh, airport that um, they'd burnt the table. And he chased them in his car to the airport terminal. He knew what, he knew what flight he knew what flight they were on and everything. And he invoiced them for the burnt table at the airport. And they put in the review, he chased us and it was ridiculous. My husband is disabled or whatever and had to go to the ATM. And in the review, which is which is bizarre enough, it's bonkers enough, but it doesn't end there. Because he'd replied to this review because they'd given him one star or whatever. So he thought, you know what, I'm going to let him rip. And the only thing I remember from the manager's response to this review was, um, by the way, your husband, that your husband isn't disabled. <laughs> he's, he's got a wheelchair, but if any anybody that saw him on Greek night, saw him up dancing, knows that he's not disabled at all. <laughs> oh, well then. So he, he's being called out. So we see those reviews, book the hotel, we get there. We're sat around the little poolside. Bar so you still book the... the hotel? Cash is king, isn't it? Cash right. is king. Cheap and lovely as well. It's a lovely hotel. So we were sat around the bar bitching and the Greek guy behind the bar, like one of the waiters says, you might want to keep it down. He's got the whole place booked. And this psycho manager has CCTV on the bar, which is fair enough. But then, like, he's booked the bar and the pool area to see what people are saying about him. What? It's absolutely bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. And I don't think we didn't want to get chased to the airport and invoice for anything or anything well, like that. God knows so. what he's got in the bedrooms then. Cameras, all sorts. Who knows? Shocking. We only found that out towards the end of the holiday, which I think is... Uh, is a good thing. Weird things happen on holidays. You do meet weird people. You get little characters and things. By then, if you're there for like a week, 10 days, two weeks, whatever, like you will have like little characters that you recognise from your time there. And it, it happens yeah, yeah. pretty quickly. Like the first few days, you quite quickly establish, oh, that's the German family. That's the one with the hairy yeah, back. Yeah. yeah. They <laughs> like to put the towels down early. Watch out for them, <laughs> lot. Watch out. You know, when you have those little characters around the pool and around the hotel. I remember once in um, Cornwall when I was a kid, there was this kid who used to go by the name of Bling Bling. So he looked a bit like Mr. T with like chains on and uh, like rings and stuff. Like he's kitted out, properly kitted out. You meet these little characters though on holiday, like his parents would, whenever it was, bearing, bearing in mind he's like six years old and um, his parents would always go, um, Bling Bling, dinner's ready. So they'd be using the name as well. <laughs> but he was like this little character you'd see on the on the campsite, just like with, you know, chains and rings and stuff. And it's weird these sort of people you bump into like on holiday, isn't it? I wonder what he's up to now. I know, I'd love to, I'd love to get in, That's in, my question. in touch, maybe. Can you get in touch? Get him on the pod. Get him on yeah. the pod. There's always a big family from Manchester or Liverpool, and they're always really loud and dive bombing into the pool. 
and uh, and things like that. There's always That's a loud British family, isn't there? It makes me laugh because my parents will go, oh, Brits, Brits are here. <laughs> it's like, we're, we're British, do you know what I mean? Like we're, but you will always have a loud sort of British family and you'll always want to hear a mile off all the time. And the good thing about, you know, people who that speak different languages, you don't know what they're saying. Whereas when a British person is going, Susie, you got to join our stream, <laughs> Susie. And it's like, oh, gosh, oh. We come here to get away from you. We don't tend to make friends that much on holiday. Maybe when we were kids, we might sort of, oh, it's bling bling or whatever. But, um, you know, sometimes <laughs> we upset the locals as well, uh, which is, you know, like the time where my dad pushed a French kid off a lilo. There was that time. <laughs> and um, was that provoked? Or? Well, it, it was because he'd stolen our lilo. So me and my brother were in, I don't know if we were in France or Spain. It makes sense. We might have been in France, a lot of French people. So it probably makes sense. And Checks out. I think we're in France. We basically had a lilo to share between the two of us because you're only there a couple of weeks and then you give it to another family, don't you, or whatever. So we were both in the pool with this lilo. Anyway, next minute, French kid hops on. Now, me and my brother are quite young at this point. We're a bit shy. You know, we don't we don't really sort of, we don't speak French, can't really communicate to him. So we just sort of leave the French kid on the lilo, just sort of get out of the pool. And our parents are like, where's the lilo? And we're like, um... <laughs> French kids stolen it. So my dad gets off those white plastic lounges by the pool. What gets off that first time? Not exactly gracefully, I bet as well. Yeah. Well, let's come on. They're not comfortable. Um, so first time's moved in the day. Gets off it. That's my five euros there in that pool flying out the French kid on. Gets off, gets in the pool, grabs the side of it, flips the French kid off and goes au revoir, like that. (laughs) (laughs) And brings it back. Now, I hope the French kid could swim. Okay, I don't know. He may have drowned. I don't know. Okay, he didn't have armbands on at the time, approximately seven years old, but he deserved it. He was a cheeky French kid. That was the worst bit. You could tell he was cheeky. I like the fact that your dad gave himself that catchphrase. I bet he was on that sun lounge and minding his own business. He's assessed the situation. He's gone, right, I'm going to flip this seven-year-old kid off the island. We're not bothered about the optics of that. Mm -hmm. And then to rub salt in the wounds. I'm going to say goodbye in his own language to him. Yeah. I wrote <laughs> that. I wrote that. Did, did you, did, you didn't see the, the parents at all? The no, French parents? No, I don't know. Maybe being abandoned by his parents. I don't classic. know. Classic. They just surrendered straight away. It's classic. You know, we're talking about national stereotypes. I'm not surprised. They were waving that white flag. Oh, as as there we go. He's, he's back on the <laughs> slacking off nations again. He can't help himself. Oh. He loves it. But yeah, we... Uh... We do love to um, we do love to sometimes wind up some of the locals. You know, it's just one of those things that happens. You know, it's just clashing of cultures. That's what it is. If you're a cheeky French kid and you're nicking our lilo, then you're getting flipped off it. Yeah, well, I've had it. We've had it. it, just, it for some reason, national you know pride does seem to to come up a lot on on holidays, doesn't it? Because you do have the stereotype of the Germans on the the loungers and the Russians on the nudist beaches. Well, it's the only time on when everyone are. gathers round round one swimming pool, isn't it? Yeah, we had it where we were in Tenerife and I must have been about five or six and I don't remember this, but I've been told this story by my parents countless times where no, for no reason whatsoever, I went up to this German family sandcastle that they spent about 20 hours crafting, quite a big one, and I just booted it over for no reason. <laughs> for no reason. It wasn't, it wasn't because they were German. In memory now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's all those They Brits. loved it. They, yeah, I bet they hate us now. I bet they hate us now. <laughs> Yeah, weird things like that. I was almost thing you um, do. same <laughs> even now. Yeah. Grow up, grow up, Toby. No, that was the same holiday, apparently. I was almost abducted as well. I was oh, almost Madeline McCann before Madeline McCann. Just we were in this 
square in 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 Tenerife. I think I was in a, a buggy, so I must have been younger than, than than five or six. And I think that the common theme over the course of this holiday would be that people would come up to me and talk to my parents about how nice my hair colour was or oh that old chest I always used to have my, that when I was a kid. My lovely yeah, they're lying though. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> my lovely um hazel eyes or my enchanting smile or whatever. My lovely yeah. bib that I had on or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. That was that was the kind of thing over the course of the holiday apparently. But those one I was left unattended in uh, like a, a market square. In, so it's negligence in by your parents. Go on. It was my parents were eating tapas about 100 metres away. No, they... <laughs> I was going to say, this is sounding very familiar. <laughs> the parallels would be shocking, wouldn't they? Um... <laughs> we should get onto that in a podcast at some point. Yeah, there's a conspiracy there. But no, there was some, and I think they were looking at like, you know, like they had those shops where they're like souvenirs, like fridge magnets and keychains, and they were both looking mm-hmm. at those and left the boogie. Priori- yeah, they had the priorities um, right. And apparently there was this guy just um, like circling the boogie surveying the scene to check to see if this kid was accounted for or not. And he didn't attempt to walk away with it, apparently. And I don't remember. I was too busy just, just vibing. But apparently that's the thing that nearly nearly happened. My parents had to come back over and kind of shoo this guy away from the from the boogie. So it could have been scary. Could have so been why also did they different. abandon you? Why didn't they just go, oh, let's take the oh, kids with us as we go and see the magnets? No, it must have been a small shop or something. There's a boogie, so the logistics don't work out. So they're like, we're going to completely prioritise the our- magnets. Only, only son at that point in the pursuit of a keychain or a. Well, they, they were early on in their parenting yeah. careers, weren't they? You know, you're living, you learn, yeah. or you get you your kid kidnapped. One of the two. Hey, guess what? I'm still here. I'm still exactly. here. Exactly. Um, so their the problems are not confined to losing passports. Um, almost losing kids as well. Oh well, at least you are still here. Otherwise, I wouldn't have a podcast host. And so exactly, you know, you can take that. Still be doing the one man pod. Still be doing the one. Yeah, pod. it would still be a solo yeah. podcast. <laughs> Um, but what what sort of places have you been abroad to then? Have, have you been to many different places? You seem to have been to Greece a few times, Greek islands. Greece a few times, Turkey a lot, Spain we dabbled, Cornwall this summer. Nice little mix of uh, of places. Whereas you, got- you tend to stay in the UK. I have in the last few years. I mean, we've been like Cyprus, America. We've been Scotland. Ooh. Big fan of Scotland, actually. Big fan. I think it's very underrated as a country, Scotland. Um, but we've, you know, for, uh, they're always whining, though, aren't they? Well, political again. Oh, oh, we'll do a politics podcast. Um, you know, Fitch Ventura, Lanzarote, yeah, yeah. France, Spain, you know, all those classic ones. Classic, yeah. And we also, we don't necessarily fly places. Well, we, because, um, you know, some of my family don't like flying. We have sometimes driven to places. So we like drove from the north of England down to south of France before, Spain before. We've driven like a long, long distance, like to get to some of these places like over the course of two nights. And so you see some strange things like as you go through like the French countryside and uh, wrapping around mountains and stuff. We've been some, on some very precarious roads. The sort of ones where you see in like um, documentaries where there's like a very steep cliff down the edge, that kind of God. thing. Yeah. So you do so go that on sounds some quite scary. Yeah, but sleek. To me, that's scarier than getting on a plane. You know, you talk about people that are fearful of flying. And I, mm-hmm. I've got... I don't understand this. I've never understood people that are, that are scared of flying. I think taking off is a bit iffy because I don't. Nobody should be at that gradient ever, should they? Really? I mean, it's a bit. It's a bit weird, isn't it? it is a bit uh, weird. Landing, landing. I love, love landing. Bam. Oh. And the flight itself is always, always smooth unless you're going through the Bermuda Triangle, which is the controversy <laughs> I think we get onto. Um, but I've never been that far afield. Like I driving on treacherous roads is far more dangerous than just being I, on a plane. I just think it's because the plane you're not in control. It's some other random person. Could be a nutter. Could be a nutter. You don't could know. Could be a nutter. Uh, could there be was that practice. German guy that flew. He was suicidal and flew a 
plane is the side of a mountain a couple of years was ago. Was it? A few years ago. Something to bear in mind for people listening. If you are, you know, afraid of planes, <laughs> then you're absolutely right to be. I, I mean, to, uh, when when we went to America, we did we did some a few different um, interesting activities, which I don't even mm. know. I don't know if I necessarily agree with now, but at the time when you were a kid, you know, you're sort of eight, aren't you? Well, you're not all making mm. the decisions. So, like for example, we went to Sea World, gonna... which nowadays mm. would be quite controversial. But back in the Ooh, day, why is that? Why is that controversial? Well, because have we, have we not seen? Um, what's it called blackfish and it's basically to do with the mistreatment of whales in places like sea world uh, so it seems quite a, a controversial place now getting them to perform and that kind of thing it's a bit like a circus but in you know for whales so we did that and we like we swam with dolphins and those kind of things which again some people might think are a bit controversial um but don't so, yeah. dolphins swim though they swim anyway don't they so. well they do but they're i'm pretty sure they're kept in like some sort of things it's not like they're out in the wild oh that's so, not on. That's not on. So a dolphin exactly. as well, they're so innocent. At least you've got to swim with them, though. It's a bucket list material, that I think. Take that yeah, off. I mean, it's one of those things that people people have on the bucket list, isn't it? But I don't know. Use some where... dolphins. Tick. <laughs> that is on the bucket <laughs> list, to be fair. That is on. Good thing. There's loads of strange things. I remember in America, it was the first time I'd ever seen a gun as well in America. Like, we went past a gun shop. Uh, it's like such hmm. a GTA thing. Literally all <laughs> over the walls. Exactly. Stripped them next. <laughs> exactly how it is in GTA, like guns all over the walls. I remember our parents being like, Yeah, we'll just move. Come on, let's just come away from that. Let's come away from the gun shop. Um, and yeah, just sort of ushering us away. Oh. It's a strange place, is America, like compared to this country culturally. Yeah, I'd say so. They sell guns in supermarkets as well. I just couldn't imagine it. You know, mm. you've got a stationary aisle, you've got your meats and your fish and whatever, and then guns. It's completely, completely bonkers some ammo on l9 yeah <laughs> get a top up well like i said i've frequented the same the same gun shops you have on uh on gta <laughs> I, I, I love living that life i'm i'm in the gun shop i'm down to the strip club and then i'm mowing over people on the street stop at red lights though road safety <laughs> yeah, exactly road safety is paramount on gta wearing your seatbelt. but never been to america it's when i probably have to take off one day i'm not sure new york obviously i think it has to be up there iconic not LA though. I'm not sure I have the stomach for LA. I'm not, not no. that, that lifestyle. Um, it all seems very superficial, doesn't it? Yeah, I just don't. Th- I think it, I I go there as like a social experiment. Can I survive a month there or something like that? And I do something like that, but not as to like live there or visit from a tourist perspective. It would be more sort of like, can I deal with this? That'd be my version of. Uh, like I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Do you know what I mean? That would be like every day would be like a Bush took a trial for me. It'd be like I'm not a celebrity getting me out of yeah. here. Wouldn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see how long I could last there without getting Botox. Yeah, I don't. Well, it's inevitable, long, isn't it? I think yeah. everybody. I know they've got these crow's feet coming out as well. Everybody out there just seems to be a bit of a lifestyle choice, isn't it? That people make like it's like akin to like getting a haircut out there. Used to have a little Botox, so it could be quite quite interesting. interesting the air quality there is is disastrous as well. So I, I take a mask if I were you. Yeah gas mask is there anywhere where you haven't been but you'd you'd really want to go that's the top of like your bucket list in terms of like traveling you know where would you go i think for me i want to go sort of like um maldives and bali are like the two that i'm sort of like i'd quite like to go there i think maldives maldives looks nice on the pictures bali sort of like jungle and stuff i can imagine me just lounging out in a jungle waterfall you know saying hi to a couple of monkeys or whatever and then you know having like an all-you-can-eat breakfast that kind of stuff. I mainly go on holiday for the breakfast, not going to lie. See, when I was asking that question, for some reason, I just presumed that you'd want to go to Scandinavia. I just see you there more than I see you in a jungle. Well, I can't imagine you Norway. in a jungle. Yeah, I go Norway. 
Norway, yeah. Mm. On the list. I can't imagine you in a jungle, a bit of a bit of a Carl Pilkington. Why what's what's wrong with take me your, um, in a jungle? Take your facts of 50, first and foremost. Well, no, I can't imagine you surviving quite well with your uh, without the mod cons that you've got, you know. I don't want the mod cons. I don't I just mm. I need them for a job. That's that's the only reason why I've got them. <laughs> so I I would actively go right and throw the phone in the lake or whatever, and I just like focus on just enjoying the moments and you know, chatting to people, meeting people. Oh, meeting well, where are the Maldives and Where's this well, jungle? Bali. Bali. I'm in yeah. Bali at this. Yes, I'm in the jungle in the middle so of nowhere. You're courting Indonesian women in the jungle. No, no, saying. I'm just on men like as well. The... Men as well. <laughs> I'm just chatting. To... I'm a friendly guy. All right. I'm just chatting yeah. to people in the jungle. I'm picturing a holiday <laughs> destination. You all get your little, vi- your own um, villas, and then you just you come together, have your all-you-can-eat breakfast, just have a little chat. Hi, everyone. You're all right. Yeah. Fancy a bit of mummy usually. Go on. And it goes, so you well, just... they have for breakfast in Indonesia. Packing your own, I'm not sure to be honest. I'd have to, I'd have to pack my own, um, but no, I, I, I mainly go on holiday for the big breakfast. Like the all you can eat breakfast is a big part of a holiday for me. You want to go to the same place I want to go to, then, which is Benidorm. <laughs> if you're picking a place you want to go to based on the all you can eat breakfast. Let's go all inclusive. Let's go to Benidorm. Let's have a full English. Let's have bangers and mash Let's not, lounge by the pool all no, day. No, it's not necessarily full English that I'm into. I quite like a, a croissant when I'm when I'm abroad. Now, what I like speaking is my language now. Three or four different plates of things for breakfast. So I might go cereal, fruit, mm. and then I will get like a sausage, you know, a bit of bacon or something. But I won't go all. No, in the, you're not getting a. You're not getting that in the jungle. Well, yeah, they've got sausages in the you're jungle. You're not getting that. In the... Have you seen I'm a Celebrity? Be kangaroos. No, it's not that. There's not a campfire going. <laughs> this is a. There's a villa there. Do you know what I mean, it's more Love Island than it is I'm a Celebrity. <laughs> you're glamping. You're glamping. Well, yeah, exactly. And then every now and again, you just take a trip to the waterfall, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I like, you know, mixing up at breakfast. So I'll have like three or four different plates of things. Just sort of pack yeah. everything in. I mean, to be honest, I eat, I eat breakfast, lunch and dinner in the same way, just as much as possible. I really pig out on holidays, to be honest, because you sort yeah, of can't count and it's just two weeks. At the, be- at the beginning of the day, you have to, because you've got to have enough energy. You, if you're doing don't stuff on holiday, you don't, you, don't have the, you don't have the time in the mid-afternoon to pig out because you're lounging in the sun around the pool. You're Nobody too busy reading Chico's that. latest book and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Paul I'm Hollywood. an intellectual. I'm an intellectual. I'm too busy reading um, <laughs> reading Take a Break magazine around the around the pool. Eat. But to be fair, though, in all seriousness, though, I know people that have been to to Benidorm, and I've never been myself. But it does seem like a very interesting place to to go, doesn't it? It's basically Britain, but in the sun. Oh, brilliant! Couldn't brilliant. say no to that. It seems like a lot Couldn't of characters. No I think, is from what I've heard. I mean, I've heard stories of you know um, people just thrown up in the streets and that kind of thing. That that doesn't really appeal to me as much. I try and sort of. You know, if I am no. going to spend, you know, a lot of money on going abroad, I don't know if throwing throwing up in the streets is the kind of vibe I'm after. I think I think you've just got to stay youthful and stay young. <laughs> do you do that I'd by be... going to Benidorm? I thought Benidorm attracted to the over sixties. Over sixties? I think you just got to be careful you're implicating in that. I think I would rather. Here we go. I'd rather throw yeah. up in the street from drinking too much in Benidorm than throw up in the jungle because I have malaria in Bali. You're not getting malaria. Just a, just a thought experiment for you, though. Don't you? Definitely do. And you, and you don't go to the jungle. malaria. So go to the jungle, you get Ebola. 
Get your bowler. No, no, you're on about the complete you're wrong you're... part of the world. <laughs> Bowler's not a knocking about in Bali. This is clean living. We're all sat around, you know, enjoying each other's energies, guys. You know. God, this sounds very spiritual. I didn't know no, you it's not, it's not. as a spiritual person. <laughs> no, you're going out there that. to realign your chakra. Is that what you're doing? That sounds more at my street. Speaking I'm of... there now. You can, you can take my place in Benidorm. I'm there. Have a full English on me. Have a full English on me. Yeah. Speaking of like spiritual stuff, I don't know if it is spiritual, but we'll close on this because it's sort of full circle in a way. Have you ever heard about people tanning their buttocks well, as a way of like getting vitamin D into the body? So basically at sunrise people will bend over nude and like show their ass to the sun kind of thing. You know, is, this a barley, this? is this a barley mindset? I th- no, I don't think it's a barley thing. I think it's just a what? spiritual people thing to get a bit of deep. Just let me write it down though. It's something to add to my list tomorrow, my <laughs> spiritual journey. But yeah, you um, just sort of get your ass out and just show the sort of ass to the sun kind of thing to get tan it is is the is the ass more receptive to the vitamins than, well, than anywhere else on your body just merely looking at the sun because i think it's because it's pale it doesn't get sun very often it's more receptive to it because we hide it away do you see what i mean that's why it's that area of the body i'm seeing the science behind it now you see what i mean so it's like you know, this this time i'm going to come back this time next week and i'm going to be like Guess what's changed my life? I started getting up at sunrise and just mooning the sun, which doesn't seem appropriate, does it, really? Well, mooning the sun. I definitely don't get burnt down there, because, I mean, that that would not be nice. Can you imagine that? Peeling down there. No. Well, it'd hate to sit down, wouldn't it? And I've had that before, where it's hurt to sit down. In an innocent sense, not like that, not like that. In the sense that I went sledging last year and came. we were going, we went sledging on baking trains. Baking that's massive trays. hill. That's such a uni thing. Massive to do. On, a, on a baking tray. Is it? Is that a uni sledge? thing to do? No, we get a baking yeah. tray out, out of the oven. We're Is it on clean. A, nah. We're on a budget. No, and, it, and we used it after as well. We carried on using it as a baking tray. <laughs> after. It was, it's dishevelled. It was dishevelled. It had arse prints. Why, on it. I was about to say, um, why has this got an arse print? I'm going, but I'm going down the this hill on this baking tray, and halfway down the hill, I realise. I'm without the baking tray. The baking tray, I've fallen off the baking tray. And yet I was going at such a high speed that I carried on going down the hill on my ass. And it hurt to sit down for about, I would say a week after that, it was a struggle you to sort sit of grazed down. on the ass. Um, yeah, there's a lot, there was a lot of friction there. A lot of friction going down that hill. Because by that point as well, the hill was basically sheet ice because that many people had gone down there. And I was just sliding down there at a considerable amount of speed. On my uh, my backside, so actually I'm gonna I'm going to refrain from uh, showing my ass to the sun just in case it gets it gets burnt because it's been I through know... enough. Your ass is what we're saying. <laughs> that's, that's what we're saying. Won't somebody give my ass a break? Yeah, give it a break, <laughs> people. Come on. <laughs> and I think that's where we all round things up on you know yeah. tanning your ass and sort of extreme sports on baking trays and that kind of thing. It's a perfect place to wrap it up, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> We, we stuck to the theme as per usual yeah exactly and we wrapped it up nicely we came full circle there at the end on sort of arse related chat to be fair a lot of arse a lot of arse this week mm-hmm. I'm an arse man though so and that is the title of this podcast sorted <laughs> thank you we always get it right at the end right at the end of the podcast I'm an arse man by trade <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this podcast thank you for watching and don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe and we'll see you next week cheers au revoir <laughs>